You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hello, listeners. New year means we have some exciting new things to share with you all. First off, we're going to be in LA at the end of January. We're going to be podcasting live at the LA Art Show, January 25th and 26th. In the evening around 5 p.m., we'll continue to update you as we have the exact details, but we will be there. We will be there for the duration of the show, making content, and we would love to see our LA listeners while we're there. So come out come to the show hang out with us it'll be a good time we are also doing another giveaway this giveaway includes a copy of the masterpiece by fiona davis a fantastic art historical novel and some dope studio brand headphones as well as a handful of other goodies if you want to enter for a chance to win the giveaway what you got to do is head over to the art history babe youtube channel subscribe to the channel and then like and comment on a recent video you can also earn up to 10 entries with additional comments so in order to be entered to win you have to go to the youtube channel subscribe Subscribe, like, and comment on one video and you get an entry. If you want additional entries, up to 10 additional entries, you can continue to comment on other videos. The giveaway will run through the month of January and the winner will be chosen first week of February. So make sure to get in on the fun. Also, don't forget to check out artandobject.com. Art and Object is a great resource for art history, contemporary art news, and other arts-related content like podcasts. So head over there, artandobject.com. And as always, a special thank you to all of our patrons, without which we would not be able to make this content for you. And a special shout out to our producer-level patrons, Sarah Sawachka-Dalton and Anna Marie Piccioni. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy New Year and enjoy the show. From Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. I'm Jen. And we are the Art History Babes. We're the Art History Babes. We're on day one of a two-day Art History Babe work weekend. A bender. A bender. <laughs> it kind of is a bender. A babe bender. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. It's a productive bender, yeah. though. Those are the best 
I feel okay about the amount of alcohol I consume when I'm working. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about the alcohol scarily. And yeah, that's definitely a factor. Here. Well, we probably will because, you know, like when you're working and trying to accomplish things like you obviously can't go overboard. So you just get a nice, good tipsy. Yeah. Yeah. Like know? a constant good buzz but like working but yeah. but we're working we're working <laughs> um natalie lives in a beautiful home in the beautiful countryside we've talked about it before but have. extra exciting she has kegs of beer with the legit handle to pour yeah. the keg what is that called it has a technical name uh it's a kegerator and a tap handle wow. tap handle yeah yeah look at, there's actually there's a track oh, wow. seven one back there that i'm getting my stepdad for his birthday wow wow yeah that's yeah, like keg. that's like goals i can't wait like one of my life goals that probably will not come true for like 10 to 20 years but i want like a legit bar in my house like mm-hmm. yeah with all of the bartender trappings and yeah. stuff i really Dude. want one of those I grew up thinking that every house had a little bar in it because my <laughs> parents have a bar in the house. Nice. It's just like a little corner yeah. and uh, with the glass, you know, oh, cool. on the walls and, and all the shelves and the booze. And my dad actually bought a neon fluorescent open light. Oh, that's precious. And, and he has one. And you know, those are really expensive. <laughs> are they? Yeah. 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 Like, oh, those I guess are, that makes sense. Yeah. Neon. Yeah. Those are actually pretty expensive. And well, we had people a, got to know he's open. He's yeah. open. You know <laughs> what? Open for business. Would they know? Sometimes if we have people over, he'll plug that shit in and <laughs> it'll just be a legitimate, like it's open for business. <laughs> we had a um, pop machine, like a soda vending machine in our basement that's awesome when i was little it's like an old one that my dad acquired and it every button everything in it was beer except for one was a uh, cherry crush Aww. the red crush for that me. was for you oh, that's, that's so really cute, cute. And everything cost a dime so you did have to you, you did to have to put yeah. a dime in it to get anything out of it but that's really cute though yeah i like that it was fun it was a fun thing to have as as a small child yeah Um, definitely um our basement was like not finished at all that was very scary that was like the like i'd be afraid to go down there to get my (laughs) make it too easy otherwise you'd be drinking sodas all day so like you gotta pay 10 cents and you have to go to the basement (laughs) yeah it's haunted yeah that house was kind of haunted oh my god Um, but (laughs) it was a cool house though it was the coolest house i've ever lived in like I've pretty much lived in apartments my whole life, but that house had like a spiral staircase. And Whoa, stuff. damn. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Uh, it was, it, it was a high point. <laughs> yeah, dude. Any, any place with, with a spiral staircase yeah. is just immediately super cool. And so imagine, imagine being a seven year old. Like yeah. I thought that was the coolest shit in the world. But in actuality, they're terrifying. Like they I don't are. know the last time they dangerous. walked. Yeah. They're really scary. Yeah. I just, they're great want to like slink down it you yeah. know like i don't even want to step i just want to kind of like shuffle down a spiral staircase like, on my bum oh yeah you know because <laughs> i'm afraid <laughs> i fall down on like the flat ground okay yeah so <laughs> spiral staircase is a little advanced <laughs> it was an old house too so it probably wasn't like that safe to be honest <laughs> but you survived yeah i was i was just fine oh man the things we survived I was, as children i was light seriously. on my feet my mom thought Oops. I drank paint thinner once. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> so sorry to be betraying you like this, mom. On the Damn. Podcast. That would be terrifying. Yeah. She made me throw up and then they realized I didn't. Oh, <laughs> man. So they just made me as like a baby because I couldn't speak yet. So they were like. They just assumed. Yeah. yeah. You can be like, mom. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, mom, no, I, I did didn't not do, do it. that. <laughs> smarter than that, mom. I didn't do it. <laughs> uh. 
Whatever, oh. dude. I would make my kid puke if I thought right. they, oh, you know. Course. Yeah, exactly. That's being like, a good parent. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not going to be like, well, give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we'll wait this one out. Yeah. We'll yeah. just see what happens. No. No, 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 no. Um, anyway. Yeah, childhood. What a time. <laughs> <laughs> we divulge. Today we're doing another Q&A episode. Our last Q&A episode was a lot of fun. A lot of people seem to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. We get a ton of listener mail and we are not the, like we do our best, but we we just can't stay on top of all of it. And a lot of it's really interesting. And as we've mentioned before, if you have emailed us and you didn't get anything back, 100% it had nothing to do with your email because part of the emails that we do read on air, it's it's mostly just like luck like it's like oh let's just do this one yeah um every once in a while there's one that's very intentional but in general we just kind of pick what's there and so especially especially if you emailed us in the early days uh, you might have gotten pushed back into the archives and we are sorry for that but we're gonna we're trying to make our way yeah. through as much as we there's can there's probably like some gold in there too. oh yeah like, right <laughs> you know like and when we finally read it we're gonna be like this is from september of 2017 yeah but it was great but so, it was so good yeah, yeah. so keep Keep sending the emails. I think, you know, as long as you guys are enjoying these, we'll keep doing Q&A episodes. They're really fun for us, you know, just to get to talk about different things and kind of interact with you guys mm-hmm, this way. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep them coming as long as you want them. Let's get to it. Let's start. I want to, I really want to start with this one because it makes me happy. So we just released a remastered version of our weird pooty episode mm-hmm. we also released a censored version available on our website arthistorybabes.com if that's your thing you can download it on our website but we we remastered the original which you can find in the archives and it's a such a fun episode it was really fun to listen to again but we just got an email from a a new listener Hey, I'm Chuck, and I just started listening to your show. And as the subject suggests, I want to share an example of some weird modern pooty. There is a science fiction miniature game called Warhammer 40K. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, what does that mean? <laughs> no, oh, right. man. I know a thing or two about that game. Oh, oh dear. Do I'm a dork. <laughs> <laughs> Um, It's a super dark gothic future. Lots of backstory. I won't bore you with. It's not boring. Yeah, I wish. I was gonna say. I wish you would. um, Actually, I think Jen's gonna have to fill in for a second. Do you have any of the backstory you can share? Just a a tidbit. Oh no, but I do want to say before I forget that there is a awesome death metal band called Bolt Thrower, and they are Warhammer 40k themed. And they have like <laughs> it's they have like sixteen albums that are all See, about. To me, I wonder if they have one about sounds, this little Pluto. That sounds insanely niche to me, but it's I don't know so if it actually niche. is. Is it? I don't <laughs> know, no, because they're huge and like super famous and really the, good. So Chuck, uh, if you're not aware of Bolt Thrower, but you love See, Warhammer, sometimes I even think about like our niche. I'm like, oh, okay, so we're art history, and like I think about how we can expand our <laughs> niche, which is like this huge topic. Like I love that there are death metal bands focused on a video game that are just like killing it like that makes me so happy Dude, there's yeah. a death metal band that's point. 100% about ancient Egypt oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah and they're really good that sounds so, dope I'm just saying check it out yeah. um, and Warhammer also also if you have a super specific niche idea go for it people people make it work all the time there's a market out there there, really there are is. people who want your 
your niche. niche. Yeah. <laughs> they, want, they want your niche. Also, basically what he said is true. It's it's like this really dark sort of like dystopian science fiction okay. sort of thing. It's a tabletop game. I love it because there's like little tiny figurines that you paint. And, oh, uh, okay, so it's like uh, Dungeons like, of Dun- Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's it's on sort of the same par. I think Dungeons and Dragons is like the one that broke into the yeah. mainstream. Warhammer uh, 40k. You're still it's like the cool. Yeah, that's like the underground, like, <laughs> like anarchist one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's cool. There's all kinds of fantasy creatures and the reason i bring up the band is because all their songs are about like war and honor and victory <laughs> and stuff and it's great music to work out to oh i bet anyway um, but yeah back to back to chuck's email there are these characters called inquisitors who have these robotic familiars they call cherubs mm. though we know they are pooty mm-hmm. yes we do <laughs> chuck um they are pretty terrifying i've included a couple pics i'm enjoying the podcast i'm looking forward to catching up hope all is well with you ladies and he included some pics and he's right they are terrifying they're so yeah. terrifying this second picture i want to get like a tattoo of because oh, it looks God. so cool his little like <clears throat> he's got like it's a very goya and like a robotic eye yeah futuristic goya they yeah. are so freaky and yes while they are not what we know to be cherubs which are terrifying yeah are. <laughs> cherubs are terrifying cherubs are super terrifying um yeah these little guys look scary <laughs> yeah they're definitely more the pooty tradition though they're babies they're mm-hmm, winged mm-hmm. babies that also have these like robotic elements and like and are yoked they are they're so <laughs> ripped actually the first one actually has more of a baby body right. it's kind of like that old man look yeah and then the he's uh, blindfolded too why is he blindfolded i don't know yeah that one is ripped this third one is yeah he's ripped is that uh like a machine gun yeah it, it most definitely is Man, this is great. Yeah, Chuck, <laughs> thank you for and look sending how this. The strap like matches his eye mask. Like this is mm. familiars. Yeah, definitely check those out. What Warhammer 40k was that? What it was mm-hmm, called? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If that anyone is... plays and has a little pooty to share, send us pictures of your <laughs> little send us pictures Warhead of, pooty, of Warhammer your, pooties, or of your Warhammer pooties, because um, these are <laughs> calling all Warhammer pooties. <laughs> I kind of want to start playing this just because it looks so rad. All right, Dang, so do that, it. Yeah, definitely. That was a fun one to start off. I with. liked yeah. it a lot. I love a Thanks, good. Chuck. I love a good. Pooty Puto, but why is Pooty so much more fun to say than Puto? Like, because pooty. I don't know, and it's weird for me to say like Puto. Yeah, I'm, yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like oh, I want to be like a hey, Puto, like <laughs> for sure. Uh, on on to something a little different from one of our listeners, Charlie. Charlie writes, "Dear babes." I know this is not my first fan mail to you all, but just a reminder that you're all super awesome and are changing the art history world as we know it. So keep up the good work. What? Stop it. Charlie, (laughs) stop. I'm in my last semester of undergrad at University of Illinois at Chicago, and I'm starting to look for a graduate program, more specifically a combined MA and PhD program. So I don't have to pay for a master's because that shit is expensive. Mm-hmm. Truth. So far, I have found them to be at big fancy schools like the Ivy League and NYU, which seems scary and unattainable to me. I was wondering if you had any advice for me. Like, what should I do to beef up my CV? How should I study for the GRE or anything else like that? I have my heart set on a PhD program because I want to be a professor someday and change the way people think about art just like you lovely ladies do. Mm. 
Thank you in advance. Charlie, P.S. Follow me on Instagram. Okay. We're not going to call out your Instagram handle. I think we do follow her on Instagram. Do we actually? follow? Yeah. Okay. But she also has a blog. Go to thatarthistorygirl.com and check out Check Charlie's out her blog. blog. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Charlie. So kind, first of all. Well, right. What you're saying about applying to the combined programs, I agree with in the sense that you might have a better chance of getting funding in one of the bigger programs, but don't completely snub the master's only programs because we all found that it was very beneficial to go to just a master's two-year program because we got a taste of grad school. Yeah. And a lot of us sort of decided, hmm, we're going to hold off on the PhD (laughs) for a while. A lot of us, like all of us, (laughs) literally all of us, um, said that uh, we were very glad to have done the two-year master's program. And also not trying to tell you don't do the PhD. If if yeah. you get into yeah. a PhD program you really want. And if you know yourself and like you know that this is what yeah. you want, that's that's a different thing too. It's if you have that hesitation. Well, yes, definitely. However, personally, I was like almost 100% sure I was going to go into a PhD. Same, so, dude. Same. So like, I mean, like that was my plan Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad I was able to stop and reconsider that after the two years that being said that doesn't you know you know you so like you could it could definitely still just be the right route for you and especially if you get great funding somewhere like that's a that's a huge thing if you get into a program you're really happy with like go for it definitely however some PhD programs are nice because you can still get the MA credential after a certain amount of time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but continue on to the PhD so I would say look for those programs Mm -hmm. yeah because the worst situation that you don't want to find yourself in is being three years in and being like, this is killing me. I don't want to yeah. do this anymore. Or more. Yeah. And then yeah. not having a degree mm-hmm. to yeah. show for your time. Yeah. So definitely I would suggest look for PhD programs that offer the MA mm-hmm. like certification. What's it called? Is it, is it called terminal MA? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That sounds terrible. Like <laughs> I know. Like, Cause it sounds like terminal cancer. Yeah. He went terminal. <laughs> um, Please consider that you want to cover all your bases. You never know. Honestly, I am not the same person that I was two years ago. Yeah, you so know? true. It's who so knows true. who I'm going to be next year? Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people that are in their PhD programs and they're in like their seventh year and they're like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, and and so- also, also, if you do like what we did, like if you do an um, MA first, and then you decide you need time off, like you can go back and get your PhD. Yep. And depending on where you get your MA, like some of those credits can filter into your PhD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like extra time, you know? Yeah. And if you wrote like a super dope master's thesis, PhD programs might be like, whoa, we really want this person. Exactly. And then they're going to want to give you more funding. You're going to be you the bell of the ball, basically. Yeah. And you can do things while getting your master's that kind of will set you up for moving on like Mm -hmm. you can go to conferences Mm -hmm. and like present papers and meet other professors from different programs and like get them to know your face because I think that's one of the it's one of the easiest ways to not hate applying for PhD programs is to actually know people and be able to talk to people Mm -hmm. at the program you're trying Mm -hmm. to apply to not just going in blind because 
they want to bring in people that they know will be successful and that they like. So them knowing you yeah, and you actually forging connection will make a big difference. And it's important to like the people that mm-hmm. are going to be in your department yeah. for this next several years. Mm-hmm. Just so many things to consider. And we're not trying to talk you out of it, but just think about it. Yeah. yeah. Think about all those things because, you know, granted, I probably could have thought about it a lot more. But I, too, was very confident that I was going to get a PhD and become a professor. And that was my path. And Mm -hmm. my path is taking a completely different turn. And I'm so glad it has. I'm very excited about my new path. Yeah, exactly. Think about just uh, covering your bases and allowing yourself to get into a program that will give you that option as far as your other questions go as far as beefing up your cv if you are already doing this great if not consider writing a honors thesis oh yeah that's a good idea i didn't do that but that's a good idea honors thesis internships obviously huge volunteer work i my cv has a ton of volunteer work and some of it in like arts organizations Mm -hmm. and like people like that yeah Yeah. it'll be a docent somewhere Mm -hmm. you know you can be the dude that's like uh hey don't cross the line (laughs) buddy (laughs) anything to show you're like involved that you like give a shit and you your blog will be great yeah oh yeah if you are that on there definitely make that sure to be a thing okay also how should you study for the gre (laughs) start now just start because i only studied for the gre for like two months and i should have studied way longer kind of dropped the ball on the gre yeah i didn't do (laughs) like way harder it's so hard it's way harder than act sat it's unreal and way harder you're locked in that room for like five hours which is you have to write in cursive too let's start there you have to write a whole statement in cursive and it's hard i didn't have to write you didn't have to do that i didn't have to do that are you kidding (laughs) they made me write this statement basically saying that i wouldn't cheat like the other people did it too we're sitting in a room no 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 Nat, you're right i did yeah and you had to write this whole like it was like a paragraph but like you don't realize how hard writing yes yes so practice writing in cursive you're you're right no you do have to do that that that'll save you some anxiety just like right before not that that you get graded on that no Don't. but it makes you anxious like, because you don't know how this? to like, do it yeah exactly like that's not how you want to start it off that just is giving so, her a fair warning that is so funny that you remember that because i just remember being so traumatized by the exam that <laughs> yeah. i don't even remember having to do that but yes you will have to write a statement in cursive saying that you will not cheat mm-hmm. for the most part you don't really i don't want to say don't worry about it but but you you maybe should worry a little bit about the math part, you know, even though it's not, you know, you're not going to be graded on your math skills to get into a PhD program. If your math is so bad, it's going to look embarrassing, at least for me. I got like 17th percentile or something. I don't it even was, know what I, I don't know. Horrible I of my scores. It. Yeah. it was really bad. Um, but I decided to leave that negative energy out yeah. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I- she should definitely be Just proactive be because proactive. she wants to do the PhD yeah. thing. And you know why, too, is because if you do really bad on the math portion and you're so stressed out because you're like, I don't know any of this, then you go on to the written and the verbal and you're feeling like traumatized about how terrible you know you did mm-hmm. on the math. At least that's what happened to me. I guess like for me, I definitely could have studied more. It was hard. I stand by that. It was hard. And if since you have the time, definitely study more. Do you're going to do better. 
it didn't stress me out though like because i mean a lot of like professors are that i've talked to are pretty upfront about like gre is kind of like it's not that it doesn't matter at all like if you're right on the line it, you know your GRE score can definitely help you out like mm-hmm. if obviously a good mm-hmm. GRE score is better than a bad one yeah but it's not what they look at like mm-hmm. if you have an amazing GRE score and your writing is terrible I think you're in a much worse place mm-hmm. than if yeah. you have a gr- you know than if you have a great paper writing sample, a great CV, and your GRE score is mids. Right. Because um, I think all of our GRE scores were mids. Like, they weren't yes. good, you My know? My writing was, like, okay. My the, the verbal, which is literally just, like, do you know words? That was, like, <laughs> I did really good on that. And then... You know words. I know words. <laughs> anyway... Since you do have time, if you're able to ball out just to feel better, maybe even go to one of those, classes? you know, classes. Or there's those books. Magoosh. Magoosh is a good website. Is so good. Yeah. They have apps that you have on your mm-hmm. phone and you can oh, do yeah. like, like flashcard. Flash, yeah. Yes. And that really helped me. I know I did well on the verbal because I was like obsessed with magoosh if you're already like on your phone a lot like i am it's it's easy easy to just be like i'm just gonna you know practice my vocab Mm -hmm. um yeah because i remember i was bartending at the time whenever it was slow i would just practice vocab on my phone and stuff magoosh is great download it you can get it for free there's also a paid version Mm mm-hmm just to leave you off feeling better, I, no one's going to have a worse story than me because I realized I had to take the GRE about two days before my last option to take it oh. was before to get it in to I apply. Because dead. so I didn't like you guys were all done with school when you were applying, but mm-hmm. I was still in my senior year and I was like writing a thesis and stuff. So yeah. I was just like that. Like I had no idea what I was doing sounds awful yeah and so i had to (laughs) i went i like went to class i like signed up for it and then i like kind of studied but like you can't so it was like i kind of like looked at what the questions look like and did some vocab and then i rode bart to san francisco after a day of class and work and fucking took the test (laughs) and was just like this is this is what's happening and i think that's why i wasn't stressed too because i had like no stake in the game i was like well this is what going in blind looks like and she got into grad school and i got into grad school (laughs) and you know a pretty good school so you know don't stress yourself out about it yeah definitely don't but if but you prepare. can yeah if you can be proactive if you can give you know a few minutes every day to studying you'll be in a better position yeah you know yeah i always tell people that are like i'm thinking about applying to grad school in november and it's february or whatever i'm like wow that's great you have so much time because mm-hmm. i didn't start working on my stuff until <laughs> like october or something i i was working on my application to the deadline me too like right to the hour oh yep. my god Same. oh my goodness oh when midnight I, on ooh. what was it december, december like 15th 15th yep. it was yep. december 15th one of my professors <laughs> had not written the damn letter oh of my god yeah, the best yeah, story. this is a great story <laughs> Oh my god, you guys! That guy still, whenever he sees me, is like, mm. <laughs> like he's just weird about me because you don't have to tell it. If you don't no, want it's to. cool. You know what? I think it'll make Charlie feel better. Um, <laughs> I know, right? That's it was, I was like literally like I gave him like two months to write me a letter of recommendation, and it was the night that the application was due, and I was like, Professor S. <laughs> had not submitted his letter of recommendation and i was like what is happening i was like emailing him 
the week leading up to this and he wasn't replying to any of my emails, I started to seriously panic. And uh, we had a wonderful graduate student coordinator who had his phone number because he was a professor at the institution that I was applying to and, and she would call him and he wouldn't pick up. And I was just like, what is happening? (laughs) And I, the night that my application was due, he still had not submitted the letter. And I was just having a full on mental breakdown. And my best friend ever was just like, we need to figure out where he lives. And I was like, how am I going to figure out where he lives? So I paid like $50 on one of those creepy stalker websites where you can look somebody up and pay a bunch of money and get all of their personal information. So I did that and I paid and found his address. And it was like right down the street from where I lived too. And I was just like, I can't go to his house. She's like, we're going to his house and it's December mind you. So it's like Christmas time so we drive there the house is all nice there's christmas lights up and i was parked in front of this guy's house for like a half hour and my friend is like pumping me up and i got out of the car like three times and had to get back in i was like i can't do this how am i just gonna knock on his door it's 8 30 at night you know and right as i got the nerve his wife pulls up in their car <laughs> and is taking like christmas presents out the back for their lovely children and i was this weirdo wearing like sweatpants looking straight haggard because i had been having a panic attack for a week (laughs) and i was like hi i'm just wondering if so and so lives here and she was like yeah who are you and um i was like i just really need to talk to him you know like he's my old professor like he said he would write me a letter anyway I just show up at this dude's house and he walks up to the door like barefoot in sweats like, oh, Jennifer, you're at my house. (laughs) I made up some stupid story about how I found his house. I'm not even going to say it. It was just so dumb. Like no one would ever believe me. And I was just like, where's my letter? You promised. And my. (laughs) You promised. (laughs) I know. You said you would. I was like almost crying. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just uh, completely forgot. And he had a very sweet accent and um (laughs) anyway and that was that yeah he made up some story about how his gmail wasn't working and i was like yeah okay like will you write me this letter (laughs) so where do you stand on that yeah exactly so i don't know what was up with that but um it was very awkward and um (laughs) i probably wouldn't have gone to grad school so lesson (laughs) being you do what you need to do do what needs to get All right. done. Don't <gasps> let anything stop you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great lesson to take away from that for <laughs> sure. So yeah, check out Charlie's blog, thatarthistorygirl.com. Thank you, Charlie, Thank for you, Charlie. being Thanks, an Charlie. awesome listener. Yeah. Good luck with everything. Keep us posted. All right. Do you want to read this one from Lisa, Nat? Yes. So the subject is clean version, question mark. Hey, ladies, I love your podcast. I personally greatly enjoy your shenanigans, but I would love to share your podcast with my high school students. It would be super amazing if you could release clean versions for the more impressionable to that <laughs> wait what turdlets. turdlets turdlets i thought that's what that said and i was like no impressionable turdlets <laughs> lisa you're adorable <laughs> just a suggestion keep it up you badass bitches lisa nice so great news lisa we got news for you 
Uh, we are working on that right now. Um, made entirely possible by Patreon support. We are making our way through the archives and creating clean versions for that very reason. If you want to use them at in a high school, if you mm-hmm, want to mm-hmm. use them in front of small kiddos or something. If you just don't um, like cursing. Yeah. I totally get that. If you're just like not about our crazy. <laughs> our vulgar mouths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our dirty, dirty mouths. Um, <laughs> then you can go to our website, our historybabes.com just click on podcast there's a link censored versions all of them are there they're available for download you can download them listen to them whenever you'd like right now we have bad boys of the baroque our our magnum opus <laughs> it really is it really yeah. is that one's done weird pootie mm-hmm, is done mm-hmm. and uh we just did faberge eggs um so those are all done we're right now we're working we're getting about one done a month if you want to help move that project along you can head over to patreon and become a patron Mm -hmm. and that obviously helps us to have more freedom so we can work on projects like this yes so patreon.com slash art history babes and we'll get you more clean versions quicker yeah but yeah so that's that's where we are on that that was so satisfying to be able to like Mm. respond to someone like like, you want this here you go here you go actually (laughs) yes we have this (laughs) also just a reminder our art history babies which aren't the same as our our full-length episodes like they have a different vibe to them but they are clean as well Mm -hmm. yeah so those are they're shorter they're more to the point a little less fun sometimes but like um Mm, informational informational and and clean Mm -hmm. good for high Mm -hmm. school students yeah no expletives Mm -mm. we still have fun with them we still we still have a good time i think that they are still fun they're also for the people that just want to quickly learn something because as you may know we like our tangents Mm -hmm. they're fun (laughs) for us and for many listeners but some of our listeners are like yo i just really want to learn yeah and so we that's what we got for you guys you just want the the information there it is for you Mm -hmm. so lots of content lots of options and also thank you to all of our patreons that or our patrons that have made that possible for us to do all these things and patreon who also makes it possible yes by existing yes it does what a gift what a- <laughs> <laughs> okay here is one that came to us via facebook coming to us from Haley. hello babes y'all really are actual babes Aww. heart eyes I recently discovered your podcast. I've been making my way through each episode as I work on pieces for my 3D design studio class. Mm. It has been so helpful in keeping my attention focused on what I need to do while allowing me to also enjoy something I want to do. As much as I love painting as a hobby, I'm not so much into sculpting and building things, so I would never get anything done otherwise, and my heart really lies in art history. Currently working on getting my associates in fine arts at the local community college, but I will be transferring to a university soon to get my bachelor's and eventually master's in art history slash museum studies i plan to get into curation and just wanted to share with you guys how your podcast has inspired some goals of mine not only have y'all solidified them finally on the right track i've changed my major three times girl i feel you i changed my major eight times wow yeah no shame there (laughs) but your episode on the gorilla girls had a huge effect on me I had never heard of this group before, so I looked more into them on my own. The statistics of just how underrepresented the majority of artists are is insane and angering. So it's my goal for my future career as a curator to actively seek out as many female, non-white, transgender, and gender non-conforming artists as I can for exhibitions. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. We're into that. So into it. 
I definitely want to thank you guys for sparking that fire in me with that episode. I've certainly picked up on the love of books you all share, so I wanted to recommend one I love that you may enjoy if you haven't already. It's not exactly art history related, but it's great and entertaining read for feminists. The title is Men Explain Things to Me. Nice. (laughs) And it's a collection of essays written by Rebecca Solnit. In your episode, Getting Graphic, you briefly touched on how some men have said they can tell when a man has written something and when a woman has. It reminded me of a, a part in the essay Solnit's book is titled after, where she mentions a man had asked her if she read a particular book and began explaining it to her, while her friend was telling the man multiple times that she is the one who wrote the book. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. I frequently revisit a few of the essays when writing papers for a class or prior to family gatherings where a debate is sure to happen at some point. It's been a very useful addition to my collection. Anyway, the last thing I wanted to say was how awesome I think you all are. I feel connection to each of you through being proud females with a love of art history and a little extra connection to Jen through shared interests in comics and heavy metal. Yeah, awesome. I love you, baby. If y'all are ever on the East Coast near South Carolina, let's go to some museums and drink lots of wine. Yes. yes I look forward to catching up on the rest of the episodes as well as hearing about the interesting topics you'll cover in the future. P.S. A new website looks great. Yeah. Um, Haley. Haley. So pretty much just wanted to share this one because I'm just like so into everything that she's doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loving all of your goals for the future curatorial work, like super badass. Um, and also this book, like have you guys ever heard of this? Before? No, but I want it. I'm currently writing it down because I really want to read it. I have not heard of Rebecca's Solnit. Neither have I. It sounds kind of familiar and I'm wondering where maybe I, I might do a little researching. I feel like the last time I said this on an episode, I ended up, yeah, I ended up owning that design book from that guy that I was like, that sounds familiar. And oh, then I realized yeah. I have one of his books. Yeah. So if any of you are are familiar with this book and want to reach out to us, please do. I think we're all probably going to read it now. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us, Haley. Love also it. loving all your inspiring future goals. Love it. I definitely want to head out to the east coast and yeah drink wine and hang out at museums with you yeah girl i'll drink wine just about anywhere but <laughs> i've never been to south carolina <laughs> neither so. have i that's i want to want to make that make that happen also just uh, another thing she kind of mentioned we have a new website if you didn't know oh, yeah. yo it looks so good <laughs> so check out arthistorybabes.com we totally revamped it and uh it's clean it's sleek easy navigation lovely new merch so much new merch you guys still i i'm gonna do that like as soon as we're done recording this episode i need to buy the have a good time mug oh yeah it's uh (laughs) near and dear to my heart and uh i need that mug yeah we gotta have a good time mug we've got new crop tops new shirts new bags hat dad hat dad hat like baseball cap (laughs) love it get on that super cute hat all right next one coming to us from anna she's got some interesting information about sonia delaunay for us anna says hi there i was just listening to your sonia delaunay podcast and let me start off by saying she doesn't get nearly enough credit as she deserves as an incredible artist who as you said lived and breathed art in a way most of her male counterparts honestly wished She is one of my favorite artists and an overall inspiring woman who I believe the world needs to know more of. Us too. Mm -hmm. Before I jump in, I'm a Portuguese art historian myself, and it's interesting to me to realize the world seems better acquainted with Robert when for us in Portugal, Sonia is so much more important. When the Delaunays moved here, they were extremely important to the modernist art circle that was growing. The most important name to remember here is Amadeo Cesuza Cardoso. What a name. Wow. Mm -hmm. I think I just (laughs) fell in love with that man. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> he was the kind nice. of guy who, who didn't cling to a single movement. He tried literally everything. Futurism, cubism, primitivism, mm, collage, assemblage, everything. He met Sonia and Robert in Paris where he was living, studying and having success alongside guys like Brock mm. and... Modigliani. Modigliani. <laughs> you have to say it like that. Modigliani. <laughs> I love his name so much. It's a good name. Uh, and he was the one who invited the Delanis to come to Portugal when the war began. They stayed in Mino, a region up north near Amadeo's home, and Sonia would describe the Portuguese sun and light as the most incredible she had seen, which is pretty important for her line of work. It impacted her painting a lot at this time. She was at the center of the Portuguese modernist circle, and you can see her and Robert's elements directly in at least one painter's work, Eduardo Viana. He was so close to them that after they left and shortly after Amadeo passed away, barely 30 years old, oh, Viana was in a state of depression because of it. Aww. She was so important for us. One Portuguese gallery made either a solo show or a retrospective of her. I don't remember which. And I believe 1976, which was a huge deal. Of course, Robert had an influence, but it was Sonia and her will to produce art in all fashions that really left a mark in Portuguese modernism. And it's fascinating because we tend to learn about both names on separate occasions. Robert among the Cubists, Sonia among the Portuguese circle. There's a really interesting episode between Amadeo and Sonia. Now, excuse me, because it's almost 5 a.m. and I'm retelling this from memory, but essentially either in 1914 or 1915, Sonia was accused by the German government of being a Russian spy for the war. Amadeo de Souza Cardoso was the one who came in her defense so vehemently, some historians believe he hinted at that in one of his paintings called Entrada. It apparently had something to do with the sunken submarine, which appears in the painting alongside the words Entrada, meaning entrance and the date it happened and it is relevant because portugal did participate in the first world war so the episode caused a bit of stir among the circles of friends i believe sonia was already in spain when it happened so maybe it was 1916 anyway i just thought i'd share this bit of information because she really is important for our modernism and she is considered a part of portuguese modernism and it's sometimes strange for me to see how robert tends to get more credibility when they were this modernist power couple if you would like more information about all of this, I'd be glad to send more stuff about it and elaborate a bit more on the espionage thing once I get my hands on the material. Anyway, your podcast is incredibly fun and informative, and I just found out about it, so I'm just starting to listen to it, but I'm looking forward for more. Keep up the great work. That Whew. is some fascinating-ass information yeah. right there. We would love to know more yeah. about just Portuguese I- modernism. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, definitely. But also this whole like Sonia being a Russian spy. Yeah, that's so wild. Just when we thought she couldn't get more awesome. I know, right? (laughs) She somehow gets more awesome. Every girl named Sonia is just a badass. (laughs) I wonder. It's a good name. I wonder if she was a Russian spy. I kind of wish she was. She (laughs) is is in our minds now. I'm just imagining her as this really like badass, like undercover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if she wasn't before, then she is now. Yeah. Yeah. She would design her own amazing (laughs) spy suits. Oh my God. Nice. When would she have the time though? She was like doing so much. She must not have slept. I know. She couldn't Mm -hmm. have. Right. I love this. This is such an informative 
and fascinating email miss santos thank you and we do want to know more send us more i would i would love to <laughs> send know more. us it all send us everything yeah, yeah whatever um, you want to say i really appreciate this email and getting emails like this because obviously like as informed as we try to be about everything like we can only really give you our perspective from from mm-hmm. being in the united states the, the way we've learned things and so i really appreciate hearing about how like in portugal that you know sonia was a bigger name than robert Mm -hmm. because that isn't how it manifested here i like hearing that our typical thoughts on artists over here is different in other places Mm -hmm. truly because i think that when i hear that robert is given this more credibility in this what was a modernist power couple I like to know that that is us here yeah, right. in America <laughs> right. and not necessarily what's going on in the rest of the world. Yeah. So I agree. It gives me hope. Comforting. Yeah. And I also just really appreciate the varied perspectives um, a lot because there is obviously so many layers to the information we talk about and the artists we talk about. And, you know, we, we can only we only have so much information. So hearing the varied perspectives is very appreciated and just in-depth emails like this that have like great stories yeah yeah in them like i i appreciate that you took the time to write that because yeah that that is something i had no idea about mm-hmm. at all and now all of our listeners know about it too so yay yay um yay. i think that's a good time to take a quick break be right back this show is supported by state farm insurance is a part of any solid financial plan Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We are back answering your questions, reading your emails. We're back. 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 Mm. Back, back, back. <laughs> All right. We're doing great at speeding things along. So far. Right. We're speeding things along. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to read this one from Rachel, Jen? Okay. A.H. Babes. I listened to a podcast from Stuff Mom Never Told You about the Gorilla Girls. Gorilla, as in guerrilla, but we're going to say gorilla <laughs> because that's their whole thing. I would love to hear y'all's reaction on it. They give the history of the Gorilla Girls and then discuss women in art later in the episode. The hosts criticize the group for demanding women artists in museums, but not being specific on who they should be. Also, they discuss if there's a difference between men's art and women's art. A few other things caught my attention that seemed slightly problematic. I just am curious what y'all think about what they said. And if you agree slash disagree, I love the Gorilla Girls and it makes me sad that a feminist podcast would badmouth them. In other news, I love your podcast and hope you keep it up. Also, I'm really excited about the website launch. Thanks, babes. From Rachel. All right, Rachel. So I'm a big Stuff Mom Never Told You fan. And I wasn't sure about this episode. And so we looked it up beforehand and it's 
from a long time ago. It's yes. from 2010. Ooh. Uh, we actually didn't even, I mean, I've listened to a lot of stuff mom never told you. And one of the hosts I had never heard of in my life. <laughs> so, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that podcast had been going on for so long. Me I didn't either. either. Me yeah. either. This um, must have been the early. Yeah. So not only are the hosts now different people like there's been multiple different people mm-hmm. since since this episode came out. We didn't listen to the whole thing, but we did listen to some of it. I think our, our initial reaction was just they didn't really seem super excited about the Gorilla Girls, which was kind of a bummer to us because if you've listened to our Gorilla Girls episode, we were very excited about <laughs> Very excited. Yeah. That being said, I do think there's a difference between bad-mouthing and criticizing mm-hmm. because there are things about the Gorilla Girls that can be criticized yeah. and should be criticized. You know, that doesn't mean they're not a great group. That doesn't mean they're not doing great things. But there, are, you know, are some issues. Like the group, when the group started, it was mostly white women. So you have that like white feminist issue, which is something that, you know, needs to be thought about. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of of people criticize the gorilla girls and in good ways i think in productive ways so i'm not sure if that might have been more that was going what was going on in this feminist podcast as far as the demanding women artists and museums but not being specific on who they should be i guess i don't really understand that but so and i feel like maybe they've gotten that criticism i I doubt that stuff mom never told you came up with that criticism i think it's probably just a common one and i think they've responded to it because since then they've done art like there's this one when racism and sexism are no longer fashionable what will your art collection be worth and actually that was done in 89 it has a list of women and artists of color yeah that was one of their like earlier ones yeah so i don't know also i don't know yeah (laughs) long story short i I don't don't know the whole point of the group it feels to me at least is to just bring light to the issues Mm -hmm. that exist in the art world as far as feminist issues go as far as representation of women yeah they don't need to have all the answers that's yeah, not, they're, they're like not their responsibility i was gonna yeah. say i feel like that's yeah. more what they're saying is like it's not our job to go seek out exactly. these amazing women artists it's your job like yeah. you yeah. shouldn't just be finding them yeah the curators like you find the men <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. the curators and the art historians are the ones that have the training yeah. they are the <laughs> ones that should be questioning like okay let's make sure that there's equal representation so I, I feel like that criticism is just sort of like washed. Like there should yeah, be they're, that, they're misunderstanding. You know? I think exactly. what the girly girls were trying to say. It's really not their job to come up with a list of people, but they did. But they but, did, and anyways. they also did. Yeah, because their book too is you know kind of revising art history, and they talk a lot about women artists in their book. But yeah, I think I think you're totally right, Jen. Is like activists while education is part of activism the point of activism is is to activate exactly it's not just to give you all the information you need you know yeah i'm thinking about stuff like gun control when people criticize gun control activists and are like well what do you suppose we should do not only do they actually have ideas but it's also not their job to come up with ideas to solve everything yeah you solve the like you know you're the lawmaker Mm -hmm. like you come up with the solution you know yeah so Moving on, Mm -hmm. let's do, we love a quarter life crisis. 
<laughs> oh boy uh, this comes from ashley hi fellow babes i love what you're doing and listen to the pod all the time i'm an ah babe i like to think so who graduated in may with a ba in art history and i love it so much and want to talk about it study it all the time as you guys know it's kind of hard to find a job in our field particularly one that pays them bills because of that i work in an in- engineering facility that actually pays me well and has good benefits though i really miss the art history realm on top of that i've been receiving a lot of of shaming and disappointment from my family who think I'm wasting my life, which is sick. <laughs> Just wondering if any of you boss babes have experienced this or feelings like this and what you do to cope or move forward. P.S. I've been thinking seriously of starting an AH pod of my own or something to fill that void, inspired, of course, by you all. Much love and light. Ashley, a.k.a. her Twitter name, I think is brilliant bitch mcconnell <laughs> i love it so much i read Brilliant. that it was like please say the aka it's so good it's so good it's so good ashley god god damn it ashley i <laughs> i know you, you know you really you asked the question there. you did <laughs> and, and you know this question is very near and dear to my heart because as many of uh, many of you may know that your girl is a master in art history but also weirdly a chemist at a chemistry lab and I've been there for a very long time on and off and it pays the bills and there are benefits and the whole 401k and stability and blah 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 but yeah it does get sad sometimes because I don't want that to be my career but don't let anyone get you down because you need to do what you got to do to pay the bills and survive Cause that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I'm, wor- I'm working at a law firm, and like, yeah, you just yeah. do what you got to do and make moves to make you happy, but not because people are shaming you. Like, yeah, don't I, let people like that get in your head. And they probably just have their own insecurities about not pursuing yeah. what they wanted to, and they're yeah. projecting that onto you. So they yeah. don't know what you're about, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's just great advice for creative endeavors in general. Cause yeah, I'm the same. I teach English and I caption videos to make money. That's how I pay my bills. And my heart is, you know, in this project, mm-hmm. it's in the art history babes mm-hmm. and trying to move it forward and, and make it my business, my way of living. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's obviously the goal, but it's, it's a creative endeavor. And the only way you can move forward in the thing that you love is if you are paying your bills exactly you you have to be an adult you have to do your stuff so you know i work the 40 hours a week so i can pay my bills so i can use my extra time to work on this other thing that will hopefully one day pay my bills you know yeah so sometimes you have to get creative and all of us know what that's like to to work in other realms i also just on a positive note i think there can be something really great about working in a world very outside of the world that like is your passion i'm glad you said that because i think there's a lot of i don't know there's a lot of sanity in that in a way yeah yeah and you just it connects you to the the greater world the greater picture like i know when we were in grad school like being in academia can get very like you are in academia and everyone is an academic it's its own culture and to the point where it almost shuts itself from off from the outside world and I think that can happen in a lot of different realms not just academia but I think that can happen all over and I think having something else is just good it's just good to meet people I love meeting people that don't know anything about art like like it's just nice to meet and interact with people that aren't 
totally focused on your passion because like you probably no matter how much you love art like you probably don't want to talk about it every minute of every single day right <laughs> you know when we were finishing our master's degrees and then we decided let's go to europe and have this euro trip there was a moment that we had at the Musée d'Orsay where we saw this amazing exhibit. Amazing. So good. It was, uh, what was it again? Like impressionism and like the cosmos. Yeah. And, and like mysticism. Just yeah. like and mysticism in nature. And it was like so moving. And, and I think we all kind of separately experienced like a moment where we were kind of like choked up about it. And we were choked up about it because we realized, oh good we still love art history (laughs) because our program was so grueling and we felt so disillusioned by the end of it just with what it was like to actually be active in the field of art history Mm -hmm. and so don't feel too bad it's okay that you're not working in your field and it's good that you have this good job that is paying you well and has good benefits be happy that you have that but keep trying yeah yeah definitely and i think you're on to something definitely by possibly starting a podcast of your own that's a great idea (laughs) like that's where it starts you know paving your own way so yeah keep trying and figuring out how it works for you you know if your parents or your family if they're quote unquote disappointed it is just because they're worried about you and they're probably just more concerned because they want like all parents just want their kids to be okay right just don't understand yeah (laughs) so I mean I totally understand that I've had plenty of family where like I'm like yeah you know got this art history podcast and they're like oh like like they're interested but they don't understand how that could ever be a thing you know like (laughs) so how does it make money yeah exactly and that's just some people are way more conservative that way Mm -hmm. and and that's fine you know they just want to make sure you're taken care of but at the end of the day if you are taking care of your shit they they can't say anything you know what i mean like if you are paying all your bills you can do whatever you want and follow whatever path you want Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so honestly advice for any creative endeavor make sure your shit's taken care of Mm -hmm. make sure you can pay your rent Mm -hmm. and then screw the haters yeah like it's a labor of love just make sure that you love it Thank you so much, Ashley, for reaching out. Good luck, Ashley. And for your dope Twitter handle. (laughs) Bitch McConnell. Follow her on Twitter. Oh, this one I'm excited to talk about. Francesca, who wants to read this one? I can do it. Hey, babes. First, I love your podcast. It makes my commute something to look forward to. I've only been listening for a few months, so I'm catching up on old episodes. Yoko Ono episode is one of my favorites so far. Me too. I'm currently listening to the Fuck Paul Gauguin episode, and I love the discussion on how how to treat the work of someone who is just a terrible human. I'm with you on both R. Kelly and Woody Allen, awesome artists, but terrible people. The Mm -hmm. problem is I just recently listened to your Art of Boxing episode, and there is no discussion of Floyd Mayweather's extensive history of domestic abuse. I have to say it was hard for me to listen to a few of you. Sorry, I can't remember who, and I'm not trying to call out anyone anyway. Support his victory despite the terrible things that he has done to women in his life. If we shouldn't watch Woody Allen movies or listen to R. Kelly, as you note in the Gauguin episode, we also shouldn't support Floyd Mayweather fights. In case you don't know about the May- about Mayweather's past, you can read about it here. There's a link. Regardless of that, I think you ladies are awesome, fun, fierce feminists who make art fun and approachable, and I can't wait for more episodes to come. Cheers, Francesca. 
first off, I just want to say thank you for like critiquing, but in a way that was not like accusatory yeah. or like, <laughs> like this is how conversations happen. Totally. I honestly feel like we rarely even get criticism, but when we do, it's people kind of just being dicks. Yeah. And this was not like that at all. No, this right. was like, hey, I just noticed this thing and we should talk about it. And yeah. I appreciate that. So thank you, Francesca. Seriously. As far as, so this is my feelings on all of that. So you said... If we shouldn't watch Woody Allen movies or listen to R. Kelly, as you note in the Gauguin episode, we also shouldn't support F- Floyd Mayweather fights. First off, I think I was the one who said that. Like, I can't like Woody Allen movies. I want to start off by saying I can't tell anyone what they can and can't like. Yeah, I was going to say, so, I, didn't, I don't think we said don't watch those. I, I think I did, oh, actually, did but not in like, right. it was yeah, more just a, Yeah, you were being like flipped. Yeah, yeah, I was being flippant about it because I do think I said that just on a bigger level. I can't, none of us can tell you yeah. what to do or anyone what to do. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to put that out there or you first. Can, like, watch them and be super critical of them. Yeah. Like, that's an option. Yeah, so. like well, we can say whatever, but like you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah and you know? this is such a big complicated issue that we actually we talk about it on our upcoming women of abex episode we don't have the answers about the right way to go about this because it's such a big societal issue we have our own feelings our own thoughts so i i just want to put that out there i can't tell you not to watch anything mm-hmm. or not to mm-hmm. like anything mm-hmm. that's not my place and i apologize if it came off that that's what i was saying as far as the floyd mayweather thing I agree with you that we should have at least mentioned. I can't believe that we did. I can't either. I'm kind of. I'm. You know. I. Uh, <sighs> um, Francesca, you're really on the button. Uh, we didn't talk about that. That was a weird just total blind spot we should have mentioned it we should have talked about it yes. the reason i think it got overlooked is because we literally the the whole point of that episode was this like we're connecting art to boxing like the only time we even mentioned conor mcgregor and, and floyd mayweather is like we're gonna talk about this fight mm-hmm. and then we're gonna talk about artists that have to do with boxing yeah. you know what i mean yeah I think, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a we're gonna do an in-depth analysis of conor mcgregor and floyd mayweather yeah so i think that's why it kind of got brushed aside that being said we should have brought that up like we should have yeah. we should have touched on it um, yeah. because you're totally right like he does have this violent history also i'm one of the people that i think was like more on I wanted Floyd Mayweather to win over Conor McGregor mm-hmm. for reasons that mm-hmm. I explained in the episode mm-hmm. because I thought Conor McGregor was being like a racist douche. Yeah. And he also just is jumping into a ring that he has no place in. Like he wasn't a boxer. Yeah, you're not a boxer. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, I know. So I know. That, there was that. That was my whole stance. That being said, I 100% am not a Floyd Mayweather fan. No. Yeah. I did not watch the fight. No. Nope. Yeah. I have never watched a Floyd Mayweather fight. <laughs> nope. I do not give a shit about Floyd Mayweather. He's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still very much appreciate this criticism because that I didn't make that clear in the episode mm-hmm. at all. Once again, just for my own sake, I am not a Floyd Mayweather fan, nor do I, yeah. No, yeah, not, nor do I support him in any way, nor have I ever supported him yeah. in any way. I just, in that very specific situation, thought Conor McGregor had no place to even be there and Floyd Mayweather yeah I I didn't even it wasn't that I wanted him to win it's that I expected him to win because he is really good at boxing I feel the same way about people that sort of like glorify or somehow just think that Mike Tyson is like this cool guy Mm -hmm. he's not okay (laughs) he's a violent man who has like 
severely damaged women in his life. Like there is a real big problem in just culture in general mm-hmm. where we all have this sort of, and everyone's guilty of it. I don't care who you are. Like everyone has a blind spot when oh, yeah. it comes to yeah. certain people. Yeah. I, I really struggled with it uh, recently with like finding out about how Louis C.K. Yeah. Oh, is right? just like a fucking asshole. And, and I'm, I'm just oh, like, oh. That keeps coming to my mind because there's movie that he made right before. Did you listen to the stuff mom never told you on Louis C.K.'s no, scandal? No, I okay, didn't. Listen to it. But they like, go over all of it. And apparently he had come out with a movie like right before this all yeah, broke. And weird, weird movie. Yeah, about basically like oh, him yeah. grappling with his young daughter fucking an older guy. Yeah. Sorry, that, was, that sounded really aggressive as I said it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> His younger daughter. I like when you get aggressive, Nat. Well, no, but it's aggressive. Like, it's amazing. I feel like a dude yeah. and me and Jen just being yeah. like, "Oh, save a bitch!" I know. We're just like, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. just like the levels of like creepy Woody Alleny feel, yeah. and like yeah. him just. Oh, and then it, once you it. know all the truth about him, and like no, and how he really like fooled us into thinking that he was pathetic when he's a predator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And yeah. Anyway, I'm oh, I'm getting yeah, too far. Like, off, we're not going to go on a tangent, but we're just saying that it's complicated. It's well. Well, yeah, it is complicated. And none of what we're saying, though, is an excuse. I think mm-hmm. that we no, fell no, just- into the trap of the blind spot. And we had a blind spot in that moment where we didn't yeah. talk about the highly problematic history of domestic violence that Floyd Mayweather has. And I think that because our episode was focusing on this idea of the spectacle of violence and we were really tying it back into a visual culture lens. It was more and about the art. Yeah. We, had to we, do really, we just, yeah. you know, we just didn't even well, think about it. Well, we addressed the whole race thing with Conor McGregor. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, it just slipped through the cracks. Exactly. And Francesca, thank you for like very politely yeah. calling us out and like bringing it to our attention. I like fighting and <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it sucks because um, it seems like, but even fighting is is yeah. like this violent thing. Well, and they, it is, and, and that's, that's a, display that's a, this violence in every aspect of their well, lives. That's why it gets complicated because, oh, like, it's be- a slippery slope. It ah, is exactly because so real. A lot of times, these famous domestic abusers—they're football players, they're boxers. Yeah, they're, they, they have literal brain damage. They've yeah. been trained to be, which violent. is not an excuse. No, but, but but it's real. They have been trained to be violent their entire lives, and it's like we want to we want to see them be violent, but for only their job. when we want it. Yeah, and exactly. we want it. Yeah, it's, and we don't want to think about it's other times. Up. There's a great Anna Ferris podcast episode where she has. Um, oh, uh, Terry Crews. Yes, I with, love Terry. Yes, Cruz. yes. Seriously, everyone <laughs> should listen to this. Anna Ferris unqualified with Terry Crews, and he goes on a tangent Terry about. The so culture good. of masculinity and how he was so trapped in it for so long. Mm-hmm. And he hearing it come from a man like him and him just being so vulnerable about his like faults and how wrong he was and how how brainwashed he was for so long is like amazing. Like I had goosebumps. I've listened to it twice now and listen to everyone that. should listen to it. But it's just such a complicated thing with like another cultural. It's a, exactly. It's like we talked about in Gogan. You can't you get nowhere by paying attention and like really putting all of the pressure on individual people you have to look at it broader and more societally Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. take it Mm -hmm. from that angle other if you don't approach it from a societal standpoint you won't get anywhere like yeah you can talk about how horrible these individual people have acted that won't solve anything yeah yeah i mean but they should be called out but at the heart of our response is that we messed up 
And uh, yes. if you listened and felt triggered that we omitted Floyd May- Mayweather's um, domestic violence history, uh, we're sorry. Genuinely. Thank you, Francesca. All right. On to Julie. Julie has some fun information for us. (laughs) Hey, babes. Thank you for your dedication to art through the podcast. I was able to go see the terracotta soldiers while we lived in Beijing. This can't leave Emperor Chin off the hook. You never mentioned that upon his death, all of the concubines that didn't bear him a son and all 700,000 plus artisans that created the warrior army and his tomb were buried alive. Shut up. In in order to keep its secrets safe. Shut up. Son of a bitch. That really (laughs) happened? Apparently. So I, I, in this episode, I think was like patting him on the back because he they used to bury actual people and then he did the terracotta to like not bury yeah, real I people. Yeah, that was the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ended up burying different real people, the people who oh made those God. fake people. That's so messed up. What a psychopath. <laughs> he also agreed to burning all books except those about medicine, divination, tree planting, and the family history of Qin. Those that didn't burn their books within 30 days had their faces branded and sent to labor at the Great Wall for four years. More than half of the tens of thousands of people sent to unify the wall died due to harsh living conditions and heavy labor. Yo. They've never actually gotten in the emperor's tomb, which is three quarters of a mile away from the army because a mountain has so much mercury in it. What? In fact, some believe the emperor may have died from ingesting mercury because back then the Chinese believed that it bestowed immortality. God damn it. When we were there, we saw one of the farmers that discovered the tomb. We were told by a friend that he basically sits in the gift shop all day and smokes behind a no smoking sign and no one cares because he found the tomb. Nice. Dope. That's a fun little fact. <laughs> yeah. I I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. I found the tomb. <laughs> That's what I would do. I know, That's right? like beating a video game in yeah. life. Like, yeah. I found a tomb. Like, I found an ancient tomb. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> Thank you for this information. This is yeah. so interesting. I read this email and I was like, holy shit. You know, I feel like we need to go, like, add this into the episode a re- somehow. A revisionist. Yeah. yeah for we real. could do another baby. A baby revisionist. A, a baby baby. <laughs> a baby baby. This is a baby on the baby. Baby. Our baby had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is so seven hundred thousand people. Shut up. That is crazy. So and many the mountains people. made of mercury. <laughs> what? <laughs> and they were ingesting mercury. Come on, Jen is just like <laughs> I just can't believe it. Okay. Anyway, that's so nuts. That's so thank interesting. you yeah, so much thank for you, that Julie. information. That it's it's I think you just like added a whole new level to that episode by sharing. That. I know, so just like blew, blew my brain a little bit. Right, <laughs> Nat. Do you want to do Angela? Hello, my name is Angela, and I'm currently majoring in art history at a two-year community college and will be transferring to a four-year university here in New York City. I have two questions on regards to art history and when transferring. I wanted to ask for advice on how to improve my writing and how to do research the correct way. When it comes to writing, I struggle a lot on organizing slash where to even begin. Any tips or advice or books and sites that you recommend to check out? Any advice or thoughts would be greatly appreciated. Other than art history, my passion is computers, and I've been thinking a lot in double majoring in computer science and art history since both are my passion. But I wanted to ask, is this a good combination, or should I have a minor in one of them instead? Mm. Thank you for your time, and I'm so happy I found your podcast and Tumblr Art History Babes. I'll post my very own personal Tumblr, and of course, is not as good as yours below. Oh, stop it. So nice. Stop it. Before we answer, we're going to take a quick break. 
Okay, break. All right, we're back, and we have we have some responses for Angela. First off, computer science, art, history, fucking do it, yeah. man. Just I'm do it. it. Just do it. I think it's brilliant, especially coming from the perspective of like what I'm doing, like you know this whole like podcast, and we're trying to create this art history internet experience <laughs> like we're we're jumping into all kinds of realms in terms of designing the website now we're looking at youtube and and there, there's just so much of it yeah. that you have to be computer savvy to figure it out you have to yeah to know real. things i'm sure it would go a lot faster if i had a lot more computer knowledge um than i do and that's just going to keep continuing that's say, not going anywhere i feel like outside of us there's a lot of art and art history related fields that are more techie nowadays yes, like yeah. you know we have our episode with sardle there's a, there's companies like this that will be hiring people and they'll google, hire, google arts and culture exactly they'll they'll hire someone you know in computer science who doesn't have a background in art history but how cool would you be if you came along and you were an expert in both like, you could work for awesome. google yeah oh, which yeah. is the dream and doing see. like art shit for google like that'd be great you would yeah. rule the world computer science it is the future and mm, yep and it's just gonna continue and continue and being able to use those tools and couple them with something else like art history that's that's super valuable and super smart yeah and i mean if you have the time and the resources to do the double major because let's be real like if you're doing a double major you can't really work and don't try because then you're just half-assing both where you should really full ass them yes give your so, full ass full whatever ass. you do so if to you quote to quote ron swanson mm-hmm. i think he says whole ass yeah i think should he whole says, ass one he thing whole yeah. ass one thing <laughs> but you could probably whole ass both just understand that there are 24 hours in the day mm-hmm. as far as which one you should minor or major in i don't know that is all up to you what do you find is more fulfilling? Yeah, I think double major is a great idea. Double yeah. majors are they can, especially if you're smart about it and you do it early on. Yes. It, they can be very manageable. Yeah, they really can. Throwing them in last minute is harder, but doing one and minoring in another also a great idea. Yeah, yeah. maybe like, maybe see how you feel when you get to your four year because once you start taking classes and things too, things will shift. I yeah. thought maybe I was gonna minor in art or do a double major with art in college, and as soon as I got there, I was like, yep, nope, I'm not. Learning learning anything here like yeah. you just never know where your heart will start to kind of go once you get gonna throw back to earlier in this episode i changed my major eight times yeah <laughs> a lot of things change every time Corey says that I, are you judging me no right now, i'm not judging you it just i i honestly just keep forgetting i don't think i can name you... eight majors is what i just keep thinking let's <laughs> see if i can name them all okay Ooh, um, what were they design okay art education mm-hmm. sociology mm-hmm anthropology international studies nice elementary education two more well we know the last one <laughs> dance no i had a dance performance minor. studies i did we didn't have performance oh, okay. studies. i went to school in south dakota <laughs> uh, yeah, those are a lot right. of majors though well i mean they have at least eight was it was it another humanities <laughs> social work so oh uh, okay social work and, and then, then my eighth was actually i didn't even have because we didn't have an art history major mm-hmm. so i graduated with a bachelor's degree in liberal studies and minors in art history and dance gotcha so i studied a lot of things in undergrad and i have an absolutely insane number of undergraduate credits <laughs> like, it's I bet. stupid and, it's absolutely stupid i'm totally it. not judging you at all i just i love that you 
wanted to do so many things. <laughs> it's so it, you. It's so Corey. It's so Corey. And I love it. And the only reason why whenever you say eight times and my eyebrows are on the back of my head <laughs> is because I'm like, damn, like that would, because, you know, I'm such a stressed out person when it comes to like making decisions. Yeah. And, and like, if I choose, I'm majoring in this thing, the idea of changing it gives me so much anxiety mm-hmm. and like so i couldn't imagine like i would have just majored in some random crap yeah, that whatever was, whatever because i was like i made this decision like i can't change yeah. my mind so don't be this rigid inflexible person like i am be like Corey, okay or find a balance i don't know yeah, whatever maybe a balance, <laughs> yeah. maybe a balance. Um, thank you i appreciate that but you know they also got to a point where i was like i need to graduate <laughs> I need to finish school. I think having the flexibility, it's okay to change. It's 100% okay to change. 110%. I'm, I am proof of that. And, and if it's what you need to do, mm-hmm. do it. If you are maybe more like me and you just need to try a lot of things, then do it. Like you're going to survive. You're going to be fine. Yeah try some things out i think you have a great plan going in i think it's a great idea it sounds really good and it sounds like you're you're gonna get such a comprehensive education oh yeah definitely well and you already have your aa right so like wouldn't that speed things along in in terms of in terms of like the the people you'll be around i think that's really cool too Mm -hmm. you'll you'll be part of the computer science community and the art history community which Art can be very different. Network. And you, can, you can bridge gaps. Yeah, I think that's great. Also, she asked about researching the correct way. So tips and mm. advice on research. That's very broad. It but, is. But, but, but let's see if we can help. I mean, I can give you some just like personal, like my personal method. Like this is how I write papers is I decide on a topic And as I'm reading and doing my research, I take notes the whole time and I'll do like headings of the book that I'm reading. And if I if I there's a quote that is valuable to me, I just take it out and I put it in that word document. And so I end up before I even start my paper, I have pages of quotes from books and little notes in there too i'll usually color code Mm -hmm. the notes Mm -hmm. like i'll put the notes in red or something so i know it's my own thought Mm -hmm. so it's just like quotes exactly where they are which makes it so much easier when you're writing the paper because you can just because the worst thing ever is needing to find a source or site needing to cite Mm -hmm. something and Mm -hmm. not being able to find it Mm -hmm. yeah what a fucking nightmare so doing it that way i have i have pages and pages of research exactly where it is exactly where i need to find it all right there and it's a great thing to work off of once I'm writing the paper so I have all of that first and then and you can always add to it as you go too you don't have to but like I try and do a lot of that first Mm -hmm. then come up with a general thesis statement once again thesis statements they're your argument but your argument might change while you're writing the paper and that's fine but a general one is a great thing to start with Mm -hmm. you kind of want to know what direction you're going in so a general thesis statement and then I do an outline I write an outline of how I want the paper to go that also you can move around you play with but you write the outline so much of Mm -hmm. like these are my three sections my four sections whatever however Mm -hmm. long it's going to be the main points how you think it's going to flow and then I go back to the document with all of the research and I read through it and I take those quotes out of the research document and I put them into my outline where they fit yeah and then so i have this beautifully outlined thing and i can just move through it and write Mm -hmm. take the take the quotes if i want to throw them out if i want to and you know and you still have to move things around and and whatnot but that 
I didn't do that for the first maybe half of un- undergrad. And once I really started taking that more organized approach, it, it really helped me. Um, yeah. So that's how I do it. That's how I did it all through grad school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good to have questions sometimes before you even come out with a thesis. If you just have a really good question. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is so helpful and it'll help you figure out. And sometimes you can even write the whole paper before you even have the thesis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like answer your question with your paper and then go back and be like, all right, well, here's the answer to this question. Now I'm going to write the thesis. Yeah. You don't need to have a perfectly crafted right. argument when you start. Because sometimes you'll start a paper and you'll think that you have a thesis and then you're halfway through and then you're freaking out because like all your research and everything you're saying is not supporting your thesis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't throw the whole damn paper away. Just change your thesis. Yeah. In fact, I think that's the last thing you should do before you hand in a paper is read through the paper and ask yourself, does this answer my thesis? And if it doesn't, change your thesis. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Don't start over. <laughs> say, what does this answer? Yeah. And make that your thesis exactly. statement. <laughs> just a few little tips and tricks but just don't ever just try to write the damn thing like from start to finish without an outline it is so hard and painful and it's harder to read yeah like it's way harder for your reader because like doing that sometimes if you're in a rut and you just need to get ideas on paper that's Mm -hmm, great mm -hmm. i've never been much of a free writer um yeah free writing can be great to just get the ideas flowing but what you're doing at that point is you're kind of just free writing, maybe doing a cleaner version of free writing. Right. And it's so much harder for your for your audience to follow because they're not in your head, right. you know? Right, um, yeah. You need to have a clear outline like this is what this mm-hmm. chunk is about mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you about this thing. Clarity, man. Clarity, Clarity is your best friend. Don't feel like you're being too obvious or you're stating something too plainly. Like, be clear be yeah. to the point don't be wordy it doesn't make you look smart like and you know also, all these things that you can fall into really easily because they seem like golden nuggets of writing just don't fall into the trap be clear be clear think about your reader as often right. as possible that was something that i didn't do for a long time mm-hmm. and I, th- I think it's very valuable to stop and think about what the person reading this might mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that really will clear up your writing and also just to wrap it up here as far as answering the question about the research god we hated this book when we were in school but it's terrible uh, it's actually a, no it's it's good I, you know what I, I, di- I disagree i don't think it's good we're gonna do an episode on i liked the other one i like craft of research i was gonna say yeah everyone hated style yeah styles no no i why would you ever think i was gonna say style because i never hated craft of research you said we hated this book i think she time. meant more like we I hated doing the time, work like like, like I, reading I, yeah it. okay i'm with you i never yeah. hated yeah, craft of research. The, we were in a nightmare class i hated <laughs> reading night- craft of research 30 minutes before yes. class like <laughs> scrambling to act like if I got called on that I knew what to say right. without looking like an ass and Dude, that's what I hated about exactly. it the writing the information you're right was solid and I don't think it's a bad book no. I don't think it's hard to read or bad no. to read which I was about to say <laughs> that the craft fight, of research fight, fight, fight. is a very good resource as far as sitting down and actually reading a book about how to research how to write an argument and how to support it the craft of research who the heck is the author it's right here it's It's a couple of them we have a couple of them no style is is lame yeah no one likes that book there was another (laughs) book we read for that class that was not good and i was like how can a book about writing be written so terribly but (laughs) (laughs) but the craft of research is very valuable so 
definitely get your hands on that. You can get like a used version on Amazon for like $4. Here, I'm just going to look it up and uh, I will tell you right now. It is called The Craft of Research. It is a book by Wayne C. Booth, Gregory G. Collum, and Joseph M. Williams. And you know what's wild about it is that it's the Chicago Guides to Writing and editing and publishing and it's perfect because art history is usually a chicago style discipline so Um, sorry it's okay and you'll get all of that in this book it's a great book i think chicago is getting more popular because my brother was using it for his english class it's better yeah i know i was stoked because i was helping him edit it mla is garbage i i I did so much mla like i did mla all through undergrad actually I, I didn't I do did Chicago until grad school. I like stubbornly one? did Chicago uh, APA. Yeah, I yeah, did yeah. APA for APA uh, anthropology. Is, yeah, APA is for social sciences. Yeah. yeah, I did APA in undergrad too, but I I never did I Chicago. I actively rebelled against MLA. I, I, I was, was just I, I was just used to it. Yeah. Like I learned how to do MLA in high school, so it was just like easy for me. Right. Isn't it weird how you get like passionate about citations at a certain <laughs> point? Like when did we all get so opinionated? <laughs> and I have opinions. Like I give a shit, and it's weird. Yeah. Like when did Chicago this looks way better? It looks way better. the best. Like. It looks so clean with like the, the footnotes and stuff. I am a little bit embarrassed by how pa- passionate I am. I know. About that's Chicago. what I'm saying. <laughs> like, when did this turn? Like, if someone place. came to me and was like, nah, Chicago style's bullshit. It's all about MLA. I'd be like, <laughs> I'll meet think, you outside. I don't think you'll hear that from anyone. I will never. I think most but if people I are like, uh, we're over MLA. But enough about citations anyway <laughs> read the craft of research anything that we could really say to you about research we kind of like yeah have learned from yeah that was a very mm-hmm. it's a very helpful book and Corey's method is very helpful very too. i've good. i've used it yeah, and i i was a big fan so it was really should good. i write a book the Corey method write, <laughs> you should write a blog post for sure <gasps> shit the Corey method the Corey i'm doing method. it i'm on yeah. that blog post upcoming blog no, post the Corey method super helpful especially <laughs> if you're stuck like you will be so happy she's gonna have screenshots and youtube videos it'll just be wild <laughs> it's gonna be great <laughs> um, all right moving on wyland with research Woo! with Corey. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Oh, and this right. is where it began. Uh, um, Jen, you should read this one from Carolina. Ooh, girl. Carolina says, hi, Jen. I have just listened to the podcast on cannibalism and its representation, and I am really interested in the subject. Girl, me too. As you are focusing on the work of Enrique Chagoya and Mesoamerican codices, I imagine you developed a lot of research on cannibalism in art history to be able to narrow the topic down. Yes, I did. <laughs> In this way, is there a field of art history you consider the research on cannibalism can still be expanded? As I have just started my master in arts and culture, I'm still uncertain on which period slash area slash topic to focus and any help would be appreciated. P.S. Also, do you have any bibliography you would recommend on the subject? Man, I'll send you my bibliography, girl. You can have it. Thank you in advance. I'm loving the podcast. Carol. Is there a field of art history I consider the research on cannibalism can be expanded? Well, maybe. It's hard to say because I know that there have been various episodes in human history where there have been moments of literal cannibalism, like episodes of cannibalism, but also where we begin to be preoccupied with the topic in like a pop culture kind of sense. I'm thinking 
of like zombie movies. Ooh. Like the rise of zombie movies, I it's think huge. are it's huge. it's huge. And that is such a taboo thing. Like people mm-hmm. are so scared of There's a whole um man eating zombies. There's They're- a zombie show on Netflix starring Drew Barrymore. Have you watched that? I haven't. <laughs> that sounds so cool, though. Yeah, I haven't I watched it either. More. I do, too. What does Abby say in Broad City where she's like something like, I think she just has like a pixie spirit. And like, <laughs> it's true. Like, I mean, Drew Barrymore is just a magical babe. She I mean, is. I love Drew Barrymore. She, she was on Jimmy Fallon recently, and she's just still charming as fuck. I'm I just love like, her. Uh, Drew. Oh, <laughs> love her. Jeez. I mean. You know, I really consider art history to be all visual culture. Oh, definitely. And so when I was doing my research on cannibalism, I was very much focused on 17th century representations of America as a cannibal woman. Because when discussing the quote unquote primitives or savages of the new world, often there's something that happens where these people are sort of feminized. And in a way, it's like a like a power dynamic. Like mm-hmm. you feminize the other, and therefore create this softened, safe representation yeah. of them. That's kind of where I was coming from in a lot of my research on the cannibal savage of the new world. But in culture in general, cannibalism is still like super taboo, and I feel like. I want to go back and and do some more research on cannibalism and I want to focus on the cultural phenomenon that was The Walking Dead. Oh, definitely. That is so huge. It's crazy. Like people- I couldn't I couldn't watch The Walking Dead because I I have a bun now, but I had a bun before this mm-hmm, bun. Mm-hmm. Um, the original bun. The original bun and he was just as precious and magical. amazing. He was a magical little little man and my roommates would watch The Walking Dead and it would scare him. No. And he would run under the couch. No. <laughs> I would have evicted them. Uh, he did, not, <laughs> he did not like The Walking Dead at all. No. But it must be no good. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but to get back to your question, I think that you could expand what you can to be art history you could look at other visual culture and media and i think that research on cannibalism in like horror movie zombie movie sort of um culture would be really interesting because we all flip our shit about zombie movies it's still a big deal and evidence being how everyone freaked out about the walking dead and i don't know i didn't really watch the show because i just I kind of hate when everyone freaks out about a show. Yeah. It makes me not really want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I heard um, it went downhill. I didn't watch it. Right. But I heard it. But there a- was some, some brain. All right. <laughs> there was eating of human flesh yes. happening. So maybe- or, or you could write about that Drew Barrymore show. I was just talking about oh Because we love Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Um, There's some great books, too, if you are a Spanish speaker. There's a book by Carlos Yaragui. I love his name. And uh, he is a professor at Duke University. And he wrote a book called Cannibalia. And it's about cannibalism and the act of eating human flesh in a cultural sense in Latin America. That was a huge, huge source for me in my thesis. And the cover has a character created by Enrique Chagoya. So that's just like 
immediately like wow there are other very interesting books from cannibal scholars and i would like to contribute to that one day so if you're really feeling cannibalism girl there's a lot for you and i i would love to send you a bibliography and uh i'll do that so no problem got one last email here and it's just a fun one a listener sent us (laughs) hi ahb i know you like velasquez Velasquez. Velasquez. <laughs> Velasquez. Um, <laughs> I know you like Velasquez, but have you listened to his trap songs? Hugs from Colombia. Keep doing what you do. The world needs it. That's such a sweet thing to say. And we're going to watch this video. Are it. you ready for this? I'm ready. <sighs> this is scary. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> the video is literally just they took it's insane. They took Las Meninas, the painting, and like they they made the figures like singing the trap <laughs> lyrics and like played with the effects and shit and it's just ridiculous it's like just not well done enough that it's like perfect <laughs> like they're like yeah, black, it looks not, like, like south park of, a little bit yeah, yeah exactly like the canadians in south park that's like how their mouths move yeah, it is. <laughs> and velasquez is like sideways thank you alejandro for sending that yeah. to us always fun to get stuff like that but that's all we've got for our second Q&A video. This was um, so much fun. We love you guys. We love we really you do. so much. Q&As are fun. I like yeah, doing Q&As. Send us Qs. We'll give you A's. We'll give you all the A's. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like that. That was very cute. I liked yes. it. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending us all your lovely listener mail. If you want to send us listener mail, arthistorybabes at gmail.com. Check out our new website, www.arthistorybabes.com. All kinds of stuff on there. Definitely check out the new merch. It is fire. It is so fun. I love it. And it won't be here forever. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be rotating that shit. So get on it. Oh, also, it's it'll probably be starting about when this episode comes out, maybe a little later. We're uh, filming some like mad YouTube footage. We're really going to hit that YouTube vibe here soon mm-hmm. so maybe we'll be awesome at it maybe we won't but we'll see what happens no <laughs> come see um, with us <laughs> yeah come see with us we have lots of fun youtube video ideas so find us on all the social medias you know how it works patreon.com slash art history babes to help keep us creating uh support support the creators please please do um thank you so much for listening we will catch you in the future times yep in that future times have a good time bye from Cabernet to Montmartre, they're here to slay the art history babes. Send us a-
those pictures of Warhammer pooties. Or of your Warhammer pooties, um, because these are... (laughs) Calling all Warhammer pooties. (laughs) Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.